Let's hit it. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a wave. Surfing. Give me a city tour. The trolley. Give me animals. The zoo. Give me some sea life. <laughs> Give me museums. Park. Give me a woo. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's Two Dudes in a Kitchen with Tyler Florence and Wells Adams, an iHeartRadio podcast. All right, everybody, welcome into Two Dudes in a Kitchen. It's Wells Adams and Tyler Florence coming at you the second part of the week. We did questions earlier in the week pertaining to everything about the Super Bowl, and we made Tyler's amazing chicken wings. So if you missed that, go back and listen to that, especially if you're trying to figure out something to make for the Super Bowl. And if you need recipes, over on the Instagram page at Two Dudes in a Kitchen. Tyler, how are you, buddy? I'm good. I'm good. I'm really starting to love like the first part of the week episode and yeah. it's really starting to tip too. Cause you, you know, a lot of people are kind of in the, in the chats on Instagram because this is what people want to know. I always think we kind of break up the week into like the steak and the sizzle. So yeah. the first part of the week is a steak, right? We kind of get to the meat, all of it. And then at the end of the week, we get some fun guests, we get chefs, we get celebrities, really kind of fun, thought provoking folks in the food world. And we get into the sizzle of all of it. Right. So I think this is going to be a fun one. Big thing that's happening in the culinary world, and for the past couple of years especially, uh, and something that Sarah and I definitely subscribe to, are food kits, meal kits, food prep services. Uh, you hear about them all the time on social media, on TV. I, I wonder, like you being a restaurateur and someone who wants people to come into the restaurants, how do you feel about food kits and meal kits, Tyler? I think they're great. Yeah, I think they're great. Yeah, I, I was um, my company was an early investor in a meal kit company here in San Francisco. Okay. And, and we've been close to this for a long time because I, I I think the grocery store is broken. You know what I mean? I'm not going to, I'm going to, I'm going to try my really hard. I'm going to step on a soapbox for two seconds and step right up. Right. Yeah. But I think the grocery store is broken because like the, um, the, there's 200,000 square feet. There's 200,000 SKUs. There's so many employees that, you know, th there's not a great level of customer service when you go to a grocery store. True. And you can tell because they got 15 aisles and two of them are open and, and, you know, and, and they don't know you and they don't know what you want to cook. And, and how, how would you possibly know that the salmon in the seafood aisle and the broccoli in the produce aisle and the teriyaki sauce on in the international aisle all go together? Totally. How would you possibly know that? I mean, I know that because it's what I do for a living, but if you're walking around, you're walking around lost, you waste money. And then you end up with things that don't necessarily work and you get all the stuff home and you end up throwing it away and you end up getting takeout. So I think this is where 
meal kits come into play because as a businessman, I can, I can sell that bunch of parsley two or three times by giving you exactly what you need in that recipe mise en place out. Mm-hmm. I can sell that butternut squash twice by just giving you exact, cause you don't, you don't want the chopping part of it. You want the cooking part of it, which is so much fun. So I think these meal kits are really, really nice solution. I think they're, they're coming a long way. They're getting better all the time. And I'm pro meal kit. Yeah, they're a lot of fun. Listen, I'm not as uh, an established uh, and celebrated chef as you are, but I am a good cook um, and I can kind of create things out of nothing. But there is really nothing more fun than cooking with a spouse. It's a bonding exercise a little bit. It makes everyone feel involved. And my wife, she loves to eat, but she's not as good of a She's not as confident as a cook as I am. So these meal kits really make it fun for us to get together in the kitchen. Okay, I'll deal with like cutting the potatoes. You deal with making this sauce. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's very simple ingredients and simple directions. But then it also gives my wife confidence of like, oh, I can do this. This is super simple, which is a lot of fun. And it's a fun little date night. So I, I really, really do like it. And I agree with you. I think that the grocery store is broken. It's too big. It's too confusing. This makes things so much easier, which is why I'm so excited about the episode we have today. Today, we're going to be speaking with Chef Thomas Ricci. Thomas is a CIA-trained chef who spent nine years developing recipes for popular meal kits. After making his way across the country from culinary school in New York, he was awarded the Rising Star Chef Award in California and was a candidate for a James Beard Award. He's the co-founder and executive chef of Gobble, and we're going to ask all the meal kit questions when we return and maybe even get into some Valentine's Day cooking ideas for you as well. Stick around. This is going to be a fun episode you do not want to miss right here on Two Dudes in a Kitchen. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach. Give me great food. Tacos. Give me adventure. Hiking. Give me a date night. Sunset cruise. Give me some smiles. Cheese. Give me more beaches. Beaches. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways I imagine you haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Margaret Atwood, Questlove, Kate Blanchett, and Oscar Isaac. If that sounds like a varied group of people, it's because it is. I always wanted to make a show where one week we could sit with a politician like Beto or Wark, the next an author like Min Jin Lee, or TV titans like Bill Hader and Quinta Brunson. Basically, this is a podcast driven by curiosity and an abundance of research. Conversations where people actually start to sound like people. In recent weeks, I sat with Dan Levy, Ava DuVernay, Benny Safdie, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I hope to see you there. Every family has skeletons in their closet. Mine certainly does. Ones that go back a hundred years and reach thousands of miles back to our hometown in Sicily. Ever since I can remember, my relatives told the story of my great-great-grandmother who was killed by the mafia. I'm Joe Piazza, and in my new podcast, I'm taking on a generational vendetta, visiting the scene of the crime, confronting mafia experts 
tracking down Italian officials, and even consulting mediums to set the record straight on my great-great-grandmother's mysterious disappearance. And in between the fact-finding missions, I'll be drinking a lot of wine and eating all of the pasta. Come to Italy with me to solve this 100-year-old murder mystery. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome back to Two Dudes in the Kitchen. It's Wells Adams and Tyler Florence. It's now Three Dudes in the Kitchen. Welcome into the show, Chef Thomas Ricci. How are you, my man? Great. Well, thanks for having me here today. Appreciate the time. Yeah, we were talking before the break about how, like, well, the grocery store is a little bit broken and it's very confusing and how meal kits have really kind of changed how people are making food, getting food, creating food, enjoying it. And so it's so cool to have you, someone who has been doing this for so long, talk to us about meal kits. What are you, what are your thoughts right now is like, it's a huge thing in the industry, I feel like. Yeah, I, mean, I uh, you know, I co-founded Gobble 10 years ago and, and yeah. part of the purpose was to uh, you know, I was in brick and mortar restaurants and hotels my whole life. And I wanted to bring that cooking experience to the everyday cook at home. And, you know, there's a, there's a large commitment that Tyler and I as chefs have made to our craft and how to give people some of those tips and insights, whether it's like our mise en place to put everything in place or some of those small ingredients that we might find at specialty stores or along the way and traveling around the world. And so give them access to give, you know, home consumers access to just a little taste of those ingredients to not have to make that full commitment to expand their their flavor profiles, their dinner tables, their family's dinner tables, and just get out of the norm. But on top of that, just to, you know, to, again, that means plus just what you need to get for that meal and limiting the food waste that goes on in grocery stores and throughout the world every day, every week. Uh, I think that was the original goal uh, for the business. And it's been great to see it take off. I think any disruptor in any industry, when you start something new, like I'm not going to get my food delivered overnight to my house, fresh fish. I mean, you're kind of scared by that. Right. But I think uh, with all the, the technology advancements and the logistics that we have on our supply chains on both the back end to get the food to us and then to the consumer, it's, it's provided a little more confidence in that aspect. And it's definitely saved people a lot of time. Yeah. I, I think blue apron had a really, really great idea. And then there, there was the uh, uh, impact of that product showing up up at the door, which was just kind of like, oh my god, it, it, it was like a like a, a Russian doll. There was a box inside of a box inside of another box. Mm -hmm. and the tomato was in a box, and then you kind of look outside and it looked like Christmas Day because you had you know all this like waste and garbage that kind of went on with it, and it like it, it went on an airplane to get to get you there, which, which is kind of crazy. So I, I, I think, but the other side of it, the global impact of food waste and the world is, is an epidemic that I, I think we're going to have to get our head around. So this is another reason that I really think the grocery store model is absolutely broken. It's broken because they have to have like a main and main location, you know, close to somewhere in the suburbs or in the city. And then they have so many products because they have no idea what you really, really want. And I think it's so easy to gather information and even kind of break it up regionally because, you know, people in LA eat a little differently than people in Denver and people in New York City differently than people in Miami. And so you can kind of break it up in sort of like regional menus that feel kind of like, okay, this is the most popular search term. These are the things that people really want. And then you can, the, the, the glorious thing about acting as someone's sous chef on their behalf, and they will pay for it is 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 the the stress of having to go to the grocery store which is like going on a quest you know it's like you, you have to 
swim across the river of uh, crocodiles and you got to swing, swing across the vine to kind of get everything to get the X marks on the spot. And sometimes even like recipes, sometimes like as chefs were victim of victims of our own information, like you have so much stuff you got to gather, right? You can need these six ingredients to make that one sauce to put a tablespoon over top of it. And that's where I think the meal kits kind of come in handy because you guys can batch that out and make it. Just send me the sauce. I don't care about the 10 ingredients to make it. And then uh, and then save the real fun part, which Wells was talking about earlier. And that's the searing, the stirring, the roasting, the smells, the satisfaction. You're kind of doing something, which is really kind of nice. And I, I think it's the wave of the future. Yeah, absolutely. I, I know when, when Blue Apron came out and you know, every single ingredient you're turning on your oven to toast a couple walnuts or you're making your sausage from scratch. And I think that's great because it really was about getting people to enjoy cooking. But then they're like, I'm cooking for an hour. And I don't know if I want that commitment on a Tuesday night after I brought my kids home from soccer, right? I And I don't want to go to the fast food. We know what that does with, you know, your body. So trying to streamline that to some sauces that are pre-made in our facilities, clean label, no preservatives, a lot of them are organic. And that, you know, it's sear and simmer and serve, right? That's what it's yep. about. But you made it. It's that cracking the egg and putting it into the cake mix and suddenly look at this cake I made, right? Yeah. I mean, that's really the thought process behind it. What differentiates uh, Gobble from, you know, Blue Apron and HelloFresh and all the other ones? What are you guys doing that is different? I think when, when I first started, it was not just about having somebody take a core recipe, like you said, cut the grocery store out and prep everything from the beginning. It was about how do we do that mise en place and you know the French colony term that you know Tyler and I learned probably Johnson Wills and, and CIA like class one to put things in place and so how do we do all of that little work for the the customer mm-hmm. as their sous chef to be able to just say I'm taking a final product like whether I'm on Food Network and I'm just throwing it in the pan and you're doing 10 15 minutes that that was a big piece of that so figuring out um, how to make products in house and deliver a customer like almost a finished good. Um, with just what they needed. That took a lot of time and energy to do that. So I think that's a big dinner. We've always been like 15 to 20 minutes when some of them are 25 to 45 minutes. Yeah. And I have a couple of those meals, but you know, we, we were the first ones to bring in sous vide meats, mm-hmm. uh, lamb mm-hmm. shanks, asabuco, like some of those premium options as well, uh, short ribs so that, you know, it was like, hey, let's really turn this into a restaurant that you're in your house and we're going to bring the restaurant to you. And I think that was the biggest difference. And you know, from there, we, we had a little bit more, I think, of an international flavor to our product lineup. The, uh, the original founder, Ushma Garg, she was Indian. So we, we focused on like, you know, some of the butter chickens and dal maknis and, and, you know, those flavor profiles into Asia. And I went to Southeast Asia, Vietnam, Thailand to bring back recipes, concepts, and, and really turn those into sauces that were proprietary to us to expand that flavor profile, what, what it should taste like. And then from there, if you really liked, you can go out to that grocery store and get what you wanted to get and make it from scratch. And then you realize, wow, it's just a lot easier to get it from Cobble, right? So that was the original part. What do you think is going to be the next breakthrough when it comes to ordering your food online and have it it being sent to your house? Because obviously there's going to be some big next breakthrough that's going to blow everyone's mind. You know, that's, that's a tough one to foresee. And if I, yeah. if I had that answer, <laughs> you'd be a rich, no. very rich man. Well, I'm working on that, right? Yeah. You know, we're working on that now, but I, I think it's, it's originally everybody was doing dinner kits. I think the other mm. thing that we did was break into the other meal periods. I mean, if you look at McDonald's and I always said that McDonald's has breakfast and dinner or lunch, like how do you provide somebody access to all of those, you know, uh, ingredients or meals. So we do quiches and, um, and little 
you know, breakfast sandwiches that are really quick and easy. But I think that next part is the combination of both an online marketplace where you can get just the basic pantry items that you need to. And as Tyler mentioned, those regional groceries, those regional farmers that, you know, you know, the guy in, in California growing products isn't nobody in New York relates to that product. So how do you Mm -hmm. turn into regional grocery stores that can bring you just what you need for those days, along with the meal kits that are easy and simple to prepare. And then some of those things that are just on those days that, Hey, I I want a breakfast. I'm going to work and I just want something that quickly prepared in a microwave after thrown in the oven for 20 minutes, a combination of those things I think are a big part of it. Yeah. And, and, I guess the last part is specialized diets. Mm-hmm. You know, I yeah. think that's what we do really well at, at Gobble. We're growing that more and more of, uh, you know, vegetarian, vegan, but even some of those macronutrient-based focused meals that people are really trying to look at not what I want to eat, but what does my body need to produce the best energy and, and uh, expand my life. It's kind of funny because it's it's a it's a concept that is global, right? Like the internet is so big and like you can reach anyone in anywhere. But really what I feel like, what I think is, and what I think what you were just kind of describing is, is it's this global thing that really is focused, uh, hypersensitive on like farm to table locally. Like you're, you're using this thing like the internet and the website to really bring in the people that are close to you to give you the best possible product, which I think is very, very cool. And obviously like the freshness is going to reign supreme in a situation like that as well. I don't know. I, I just think it's just so fascinating to me that we've, we've gotten here through the internet and through uh, through technology to really go back to what it originally was, which was like, it's the farmer down there. He has the best stuff. I need that to me, bring to, brought to me right now, you know? I think it's uh, called micro-grocery, yeah. right? And it, yeah. it, to me, like, so the, the third biggest expense in the uh, American household <clears throat> behind mortgage and car payments is your grocery, weekly grocery bill, right? Um, monthly grocery bill. That's kind of what you pay for. And it, and dude, and, and it's like a thousand or twelve hundred dollars a month that the average family spends on food. And and that's just food that you kind of eat in the house. That's not doesn't include dinner, right? Or or if you go out to eat anywhere. So I I, I think if, you know there's seventy billion dollars in and hangs in the balance every single night. Yeah. The simple one question of hey mom, what's for dinner? Every night, yeah. right? And so you would do the service the same way like Elon Musk sold Tesla's by working on a problem, right? And and so that's the environmental impact of fossil fuels being burned and and what the impact is on the globe on the globe, right? So if you say okay, that's Elon and that's Tesla. If we say food waste is equally as disastrous and and how many people that, you know, go hungry, but if you think yeah. there's definitely enough food on planet Earth to feed people, right? And then you sort of break it down and say, okay, okay, if we can just kind of get rid of the waste part of this and then and start to kind of build this into like micro grocery stores that we did bring it to you, you tell us exactly what you want. And we're going to be able to like, you know, uh, pivot and dive in between recipes that we already have and bring it to your house. Like it's, it, it is the business model yet to be cracked. It is, it's the thing behind the thing. And I think it's a very exciting marketplace. I agree. I think part of Amazon, I don't want to too far into part of Amazon's acquisition of Whole Foods was to try to do that with their, you know, mm-hmm. prime foods aspect of like, we're going to take sauces and take the global supply chain of some of those unique ingredients that you might want to get, but pair it with, you know, fresh produce from these areas. And, and I think that's been a little bit harder than they originally thought. But uh, if I always tell my, my team at work is like, if we could take, 
you know, and cut down our waste. And you look what the, not only the, the impact of the food waste is itself, because we donate everything. So we, we do feed a lot of halfway houses and churches and, and uh, homeless shelters, but that cost of waste and instead put that towards finding new technology and new ways to save money. I mean, that's really where the business is at, right? Yep. Every percent is just a huge point. 3% of, you know, the bill at 10, you know, hundred billion dollars is, is that's going to be a brand new technology. So what do we do with that waste? Um, and even some of the technological, technological aspects of cooking equipment or starting to grow our own produce or herbs in our backyards, like that would be a great thing to do and, and pull some of those fresh products in. So, Hey, here's, here's a way to grow cilantro. It's really easy. Rosemary parsley on your sill. And we don't even have to put those in little plastic containers. So that's another aspect that we're looking at as well. Yeah. I've got one of those lettuce grows. Uh, I don't know if you've seen it, but it's you know yeah. it's a hydroponic system and it is the coolest thing in the world. It's so simple. It's like you just plug it in and it figures it out. And I'm always able to go outside with some scissors and be like, okay, I need some green onion, I need some cilantro, and it's just yeah. it's just the best. Um, let's talk about these these recipes that you're making. Like, how, how are you developing these recipes? And uh, like you were saying earlier, like you've got chefs that are from all over the all over the world, and that's starting to bleed out in the product that you're putting out. Right. I, well, when we first started, it was kind of like where you've been and what you know, and, and trying mm -hmm. to just get it off the ground. Right. So uh, some more comfort, familiar pieces. But now we we actually use data as the biggest resource to see what some of those food trends are. And, and, and sometimes even we are the trendsetters. I think as chefs, uh, you know, Chef Tyler go say he's going on Food Network, something that he shows that's going to be a trend mm -hmm. for the next, you know, however long. So understanding what some of the ingredients are, I think are big ones for me. And then saying, okay, we're going to take tamarind. And there's a, no matter if you're in Mexico or in Southeast Asia, there's enough meals in that ingredient that we're going to say, we're going to bring that in and we're going to play with 10 or 12 ingredients. So I'll give my chef some, some ideas to say here and, and a lot of cookbooks. I love cookbooks. I know online access is great as well, but there's something about flipping through the pages. So I've collected cookbooks my whole life and I'll hand out a couple of them in my library and be like, here, go ahead, read up on these. Don't ever take anyone's recipe, but get the concept and the idea of my, how you might want to use this. And then they'll come back to us with a couple, uh, whether sauces, components, or entire meals. And then we do a full-on tasting within the kitchen. It's a blind tasting. There's blind voting so that no one sways it one way or the other. And then from there, it's like, great, this is a great meal. How do we uh, kind of break it down and, and um, see if the consumer can make it within that time frame that needs to happen? What are the components that we can make, whether it's a sauce or the rice? And, and we do those steps so we make sure that not only is the food great, but the the actual cooking process is very simple, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, that's the next step of it. And then from there, it's what, then you go the other way. Yeah, we meet this benchmark. And now it's like, how do we create those sauces within our own facilities through the equipment that we have to scale those things to the next level? And then how is it going to travel and transfer in a box? So maybe we'll test them out in the box and send them to your house and see, hey, you know, this is great, but the mushrooms didn't quite make it right. Or, you know, we, I think we have some tried and true ingredients that we know what's going to work and what doesn't work. Eggplants do not travel well mm. in a refrigerated box. Avocados, trying to get them perfectly in season. I was listening to your guacamole uh, episode, right? I have a huge uh, avocado tree in my backyard. So, but those struggle, you know, but uh, so that's kind of how we look at it is we re-engineer it uh, from, from the beginning stages all the way to the end stage. It's somewhere we meet in the middle. Yeah. Well, Valentine's Day is coming up and not everyone is smart enough to get like reservations at, at places because it fills up real quick, uh, president company included. 
Um, so we were thinking that maybe like your meal kits might be a good way to impress your wife or your girlfriend if you forgot to get uh, a reservation at the fancy restaurant in town. Uh, tell us some ideas that you might have for our listeners out there. Yeah, well, I think there's a couple things. Is that first off, I I eat out at restaurants occasionally. I love cooking at home, and Valentine's Day is one of the most difficult nights to eat out because the restaurant's packed. It's all two tops, right, Tyler? Mm-hmm. So you're like just turning and burning. And so the experience to me has never been a great one for for a consumer. And I would rather cook that meal at home with my loved one. And, you know, there's part of that, you know, uh, planning the menu ahead of time, I think is the first part is like, you know, this past weekend we had a quasi romantic meal. And I was like, what do you want to do? What do you want to have? I was like, well, we're going to go to Spain in October. So why don't we do, you know, a paella and she's going to make a Bosque style cheesecake. So I, I did the first courses. She did the dessert course and set the table and made a mocktail. So we kind of look at how to plan out that meal and who's going to be responsible for what. Um, some of the things that, you know, we have created uh, with Gobble and some basket is uh, create three course prefix meals or prefix meals for, so you have a little bit of everything, right? So we're doing like a crepes with a, a raspberry sauce. So you make the crepes in the kitchen last minute. Uh, we have a, a warm chocolate cake and there's a nice salad or soup that goes with it. And then, you know, some really high end entrees, like some steaks or some halibut that go as well. But for me, I love cooking with my partner in the kitchen because in the professional kitchen, we call it this dance, right? Like, so you move in, there's a lot of energy and it's just kind of fun. You put your playlist on, you get in there and you kind of meringue around the kitchen or whatever you have. And that sense of doing something together from learning from each other, even if you're not a great cook or someone else usually does the, the cooking, you kind of pick things up and it's kind of like we're investing our time, our talents and our treasure into each other not into someone else's business, right? And and I love that part of it. And I think the other part, as it, when I was a chef in the restaurants, I'd always have people who were regulars come in like, I really love this one dish that you do. Is there any way that you can kind of give me some of the parts of it and I can make it at home myself? So don't be afraid to go to your favorite restaurant and say, I want to create this Galactabutico, you know, from Greek dessert at home because my wife loves it. Like, is there a way that you can help me do that? I think that's another aspect as well of like just kind of, understanding what your partner likes and really making it special. It's like, I know you love it there, but I recreated it here. And I think that's what food is. It's sharing love through, through moments and, and uh, of togetherness and, and really trying to experience traveling or wherever you want to go with food, with your partner. That, that's what it's about to me. And you take all the headache out, right? Like yeah. having to go to the grocery store, that sort of miserable shopping experience and you get home and then you got to unpack everything and you got to chop everything and it just takes forever and there's no big guarantee it's going to work out. Right. And yeah. so I, I think having these things sort of mise en place out for you, makes it feel fun and, it, and ultimately it gets people cooking in the kitchen. And that's the most important thing. Yeah. And you know, you could do the cleanup together. I will say this Valentine's day, get some, some gloves for cooking too. Cause the last thing you do want is your hands to smell like a bunch of food for, you know, those moments later on. At night. So. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go through some of these deals. Cause I think, uh, I, I, I don't know. I want to sell this for you, but they sound so good. So you have the Valentine's day, three course filet dinner for two. So that's spinach salad with apples, figs, and goat cheese. Course one, course two, bistro filet and mashed potatoes with a Dijon cream sauce. Course three, chocolate uh, crepes with whipped ricotta cheese and mixed berry sauce. You also have the seafood, seafood boil for two. You've got the classic date night dinner for two, the three course coastal romance dinner for two, which 
That's what I'm looking at. You have the around the world dinner for two. And then also, obviously, the Super Bowl is coming up. You've got uh, bundles for that as well. Yeah, we, you know, this is really a special time of year. You have Super Bowl Sunday, Mardi mm-hmm. Gras Tuesday. And then if you're still together, there's Valentine's Day Wednesday, right? Because <laughs> if you didn't mess up on either one of the two other days, you yep. get to Valentine's Day, which is Ash Wednesday. I'm, I'm uh, part of it. But so we try to try to provide a lot of different concepts for both here's your super bowl party where you can have a bunch of people and then here's your really fancy valentine's day which is really intimate so uh and i also i think part of it like that seafood boil i love eating with my hands right mm-hmm. i think that's great sharing food with each other i think that's very intimate part of dinner so you know that's one of the big things and then maybe you do want to go travel a little more like i said i'm going to spain um and france and italy this year so i was like all right how do we bring that to someone's table so it's just not yeah. the basic meal that they're cooking like oh we have our mac and cheese you know, keep that for Super Bowl and then go for something a little more exotic on the, on the Valentine's Day. Yeah, the, the big game party bundle looks awesome. It's shrimp and dewy, dewy gumbo over rice with crisp apple salad and St. Louis spare ribs with mac and cheese and, and braised greens, Wagyu beef sliders with crispy potatoes and cabbage. Like, give me a break. This sounds freaking phenomenal. Yeah, Super Bowl is about a little bit of abundance and some finger food. You know, I actually, one of my favorite things to do is take these meals and, and I will have these at my Super Bowl party. But then I also like to see who's playing in the Super Bowl. Yeah. And then I always try to find like, all right, if it's Baltimore and San Francisco, somewhere crab's going to be on the menu. It's going to be an East-West thing, right? I think yeah, there years go. ago. Dungeon's yeah. crab. Don't even get me started, baby. Don't even yeah, Dungeon's crab. I know, right? Come at me. That's the way to go. So hopefully the, dirty, you know, dirty the demo crab. Get out of here. So, so it's crab dip or or whatnot, but to have those two plays and, and you go against each other and you know throw some Super Bowl squares up and have some fun with it, yeah, it's the way to go. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a golf course. Seventy courses. Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursion? Time for chill vibes. Beach How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways I imagine you haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Margaret Atwood, Questlove, Kate Blanchett, and Oscar Isaac. If that sounds like a varied group of people, it's because it is. I always wanted to make a show where one week we could sit with a politician like Beto or Rourke, the next an author like Min Jin Lee, or TV titans like Bill Hader and Quinta Brunson. Basically, this is a podcast driven by curiosity and an abundance of research. Conversations where people actually start to sound like people. In recent weeks, I sat with Dan Levy, Ava DuVernay, Benny Safdie, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I hope to see you there. Every family has skeletons in their closet. Mine certainly does. Ones that go back a hundred years and reach thousands of miles back to our hometown in Sicily. Ever since I can remember, my relatives told the story of my great-great-grandmother who was killed by the mafia. I'm Joe Piazza, and in my new podcast, I'm taking on a generational vendetta, visiting the scene of the crime, confronting mafia experts, 
tracking down Italian officials, and even consulting mediums to set the record straight on my great-great-grandmother's mysterious disappearance. And in between the fact-finding missions, I'll be drinking a lot of wine and eating all of the pasta. Come to Italy with me to solve this hundred-year-old murder mystery. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. One of the things that I, I do inspire people to do is to build, build their pantry out of their house. If you try mm-hmm. something in one of these kits that you really like, reach out to us and let us know that, hey, you want to know where to find that or source that. We'd be happy to, to steer you in that direction. And sometimes even how we, you can use those in other recipes, right, or, or substitutions. So I think that's a big part of it. Um, but just have fun with cooking. I mean, we're going to eat every day. So if, you, if a meal doesn't turn out for you, you have tomorrow to cook another meal, right? Usually in a couple hours. So, you know, just enjoy what you do and and enjoy the person you're with when you're eating your meals. That's what it's about. Last question, chef. Best meal you've ever had. Oh God, that's a tough one. You know, I I always look at like my, my five meals that I'm going to have. If, if, you know, if you're going to die and you knew it, Um, I, I just had uh, a a wonderful meal in New York at this Bosque restaurant and I can never pronounce the name of it. And I think it was 13 tapas and every single day, every single dish was perfect. Um, you know, might even be something my mom made. It might be mm-hmm. like just yeah, chicken Kiev with buttered noodles that my mom made me as a kid that no matter how many times I try it, like it's just not going to be as good as the, what she made me. So yeah, there's just a lot of little things, but it's tough. It's tough to say. It's yeah. tough to say. Chef Tyler, do you have a favorite meal that you can say this was it? You, you know, um, I, I was in a book one time by Melanie Dunay, who's a, a really great photographer, and, and it was called Last Supper. And, and I, and I kind of wrote this sort of hybrid story, like Balthazar in New York City, Keith McNally. Yeah. Um, it's, it's the greatest restaurant in the world. You know, every time I go to New York City, you got to kiss the ring. You got to go to Balthazar. You got the steak tartare every time. You know, it's yeah. always good. And so I, I think there's something, because I, I, you know, for 15 years, I lived a couple blocks away from that. And so that was kind of home base uh, forever. I was there at least two or three times a week. So I think something at Balthazar feel really good. Um, I, you know, I grew up in the South. So I think there's something about like, just like perfectly executed aroma of black pepper and sugar and spice and all that kind of stuff that really kind of feels like smoky, crispy, brown, really delicious, like, you know, fried chicken and smoked uh, pork and stuff like that. They kind of like part of my youth growing up. Um, And then, you know, and then you have these like ethereal moments where you travel as a chef and, you know, I, I took one trip uh, from the Cote d'Azur in France all the way to Bone and, and, a, and a Michelin guide. And it, it's about an eight hour drive, but it took three days to do it because I was yeah. shooting the network and wrapped up one thing. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, I'll see you in a week. And I, I just got lost in France with Mag's girlfriend and, and we uh, and a Michelin guide. And, and we had some of, the, some of the most beautiful, like exquisite experiences and drink some of the most beautiful wine in the world. And then I often go back to those references as like things that I think about. I tell my cooks all the time in the kitchen about the editorial process, right? Especially when you're cooking, right? It's like, it's like, you know, I've had some of the most beautiful meals in the world. And then they pick those three things to be on the plate, not the seven, not the five, but the three, right? And you really got to hone it down. So all these things kind of start to stack up until like, what am I going to cook next? And I I always think that's my favorite meal. I I, the one I'm about to make. But those like those yeah. all those things start to stack up in your brain, right? It's like it's like I, I wouldn't be who I am if I didn't grow up in the South. 
right? So I think some of those things would definitely be on my last plate of food for sure. Um, I'd want to eat it in Baltazar for sure. And I'd want, <laughs> I'd want some of those great chefs at the table with me. You know what I mean? If I could, I could make that scenario happen, that would be my last meal. Yeah. You had location and, and everything tied in there. So, all right. Oh, yeah. I like it. Yeah. 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 Chef Thomas Ricci, thank you so much for coming on the show. Again, everyone, www.gobble.com. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks so much, gentlemen. Uh, chef, appreciate it. Wells, appreciate it. You guys have a great day. Talk you to too, you man. Thanks, man. See you, okay. bye. We have all these amazing chefs on, and I want to have some kind of like bookend question that we ask everybody. And I'm not sure if that's the one because it's that's so kind of just who remembers everything that they've ever eaten. But I want to yeah, think yeah. of one question to ask our of the chefs that we have on that I think will be a very interesting question. So I don't know if you have any ideas going forward. Like I, th- I was thinking like the answer for me, there's this place in New Orleans called Bacchanals. It's down in the Bywater and it's, it's a wine and cheese shop and you walk in and then you go and you get wine and cheese and bread and then you walk outside and they have like amazing music playing live music like a gypsy mm-hmm. band and then amazing like Italian food that you order at a window and I'm not even sure if it's the best food I've ever had but everything that came together in that moment was just the best day of food yeah. ever and wine and cheese and everything. So anyways, this is an interesting question. I do too. I, and, and maybe we can play a game like what's in your fridge. I think that's yeah. kind of fun too. You know what I mean? Cause like, I think you're going to get very, very different ingredients. They're like, Hey chef, go tell me what's in your fridge right now. And, and they'll kind of open it up and go, Oh dude, I got like, you know, that, that might be kind of a fun thing to take a look at. Yeah. Yep. All right, everyone. Well, enjoy the weekend. You've got a lot of stuff coming up. Chef was just talking about it. You've got uh, Super Bowl. You've got Mardi Gras. You've got Valentine's Day. So good luck. And yeah, keep the questions coming in. Uh, DM us at Two Dudes in the Kitchen on Instagram. Leave us notes, voice memos, or even videos. We'll be answering those next week. And yeah, come hungry. Later, dude. See you, buddy. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Instagram at Two Dudes in a Kitchen. Make sure to write us a review and leave us five stars. <laughs> we'll take that. And we'll see you guys next time. See you next time. Let's hit it. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a wave. Surfing. Give me a city tour. The trolley. Give me animals. The zoo. Give me some sea life. <laughs> Give me museums. Park. Give me a woo. What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10 year, 100,000 mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes. That it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.